the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, it is, and a glorious Thursday morning to you. Thank you so very much for joining us as we get started at eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock. It is the 20th morning of the second month of the year of our Lord 2020. Why is it a glorious morning? It's a glorious morning because we saw cannibalism, live television, NBC. Last night during the Democratic debate, we saw a live act of cannibalism. It was simply glorious. We have some of the highlights of the uh, of the fury uh, that was uh, levied against uh, Mike Bloomberg by six other candidates. It was or five other candidates. It was a sight to see, and I think we can probably give you a little bit of the highlights right now. This is the best of what we have of the Democratic candidates for president against the newcomer to the stage, the sixty billion dollar heir, uh, Mike Bloomberg, on the debate stage for the first time. That's it. Live audio from the event last night. They beat this guy. They literally tore the skin off of Mike Bloomberg. That's not my description, by the by. That's Willie Geist from NBC. Describing the event last night, um, the, uh, the, the beatdown of Mike Bloomberg by Elizabeth Warren, by Bernie Sanders, by Pete Buttigieg, by Amy Klobuchar, for goodness sakes, they all took their pound of flesh off of Mike Bloomberg yesterday. And I have to tell you, he deserved every single bit of it. It was an unbelievably glorious thing to see. Let's start 
with Elizabeth Warren. I'd like to talk about who we're running against. A billionaire who calls women fat broads and horse-faced lesbians. And no, I'm not talking about Donald Trump. I'm talking about Mayor Bloomberg. (laughs) Democrats are not going to win. If we have a nominee who has a history of hiding his tax returns, of harassing women, and of supporting racist policies like redlining and stop and frisk. Look, I'll support whoever the Democratic nominee is, but understand this. Democrats take a huge risk if we just substitute one arrogant billionaire for another. I've got no use whatsoever for Elizabeth Warren. None. But I will say this. She said that right at the outset, and she did so standing next to Mike Bloomberg. She didn't do it from four or five podiums away. She was right next to Mike Bloomberg, and she just dropped that nuclear bomb. She just put that right out in front of him right there. I got to say, I have no use for Liawatha, but that took guts. Again, uh, Elizabeth Warren kind of setting the tone for what would be a very, very long and painful night for um, uh, former New York Mayor Mike Bloomberg. Uh, let's get a little bit more. Here's... Um, uh, uh, Bernie Sanders now. Bernie Sanders, of course, is the, is in the catbird seat. Bernie Sanders is enjoying life as the front runner right now, with the exception, of course, that he is going to be hit a little bit harder by some who recognize he's the front runner, including Mike Bloomberg, who reminded Bernie Sanders as he preaches for the, uh, preaches of the, um, uh, integrity of the poor and preaches on behalf of the poor and against uh, billionaires. Bloomberg reminded Bernie Sanders of what he people, did. not billionaires, health care for all, educational opportunity all right, Senator, for all. Senator, thank you. Mayor Bloomberg, would you like to that work the question was about socialism? Well, what a wonderful country we have. The best known socialist in the country happens to be a millionaire with three houses. What I miss here? Well, you'll miss that I work in Washington, House one. That's the first problem. Live in Burlington, House That's good. And like thousands of other Vermonters, I do have a summer camp. Forgive me for that. Where is your home? Which tax... Which tax haven New do you York, have your home? New York City, thank you very much, no, and I pay all my home. taxes. Capitalism is indeed uh, at issue here. It, if you Can you imagine that, by the way? Did you ever think there would be a time in, in your lifetime or anybody else's lifetime when a major presidential debate or a presidential campaign at large here, in, in, in bigger terms, um, would actually be a campaign issue, whether or not capitalism should be our model, or whether or not we should look toward uh, something else. Can, can you even imagine such a thing? The United States of America and its constitutional liberties protected, protecting, rather, all Americans... Our system of capitalism has lifted up more people from poverty to success, if not outright thriving, uh, millions of people thriving. The system of capitalism in the United States has done that more than any other uh, economic model or governmental philosophy in the history of mankind. Never. And, And it's now a debate on the Democrat stage. You won't be with Donald Trump. Unless Bernie is the nominee, of course. But it's now a discussion about should we embrace capitalism or should we embrace something else? And I think that's extraordinary. It tells you a lot about what's really going on uh, in this debate right now.
Uh, let's get back to the bashing of Bloomberg, the beatdown of Mike Bloomberg by uh, virtually everybody else on that stage. Elizabeth Warren and others, including Joe Biden, took some shots at Bloomberg about non-disclosure agreements signed with people that he had been accused of either harassing or insulting or treating unfairly, particularly women. We have a very few non-disclosure agreements. Uh, how many Let is me there? finish. How many is there? None of them accuse me of doing anything other than maybe they didn't like the joke I told. And let me just put, and let me put, there's a be, agreements between two parties that wanted to keep it quiet, and that's up to them. They signed those agreements, so, and we'll live with it. So wait, when you say it is up to, I just want to be clear. Some is how many? And, and when you and when you say they signed them and they wanted them, if they wish now to speak out and tell their side of the story about what it is they allege, that's now okay with you? You're releasing them on television tonight? Senator, no. Is that right? I will say it again. Elizabeth Warren, I have no use for her. She is just as close to communism, about as close to communism, as Bernie Sanders and AOC and other quote-unquote democratic socialists are. But she went straight savage on this night against Mike Bloomberg. Listen to her paint him into a corner. So you're saying you'll release them from their NDAs right now and they can talk? Senator, the company and somebody else, in this case, a man or a woman, or could be more than that, they decided when they made an agreement that they wanted to keep it quiet for everybody's no. interest. They signed the agreements, and that's what we're going to live with. I'm sorry. No, the question is, are the... She's a pit bull on a soup bone right here. She's gnawing on, on Mike Bloomberg's femur, for crying out loud. This is amazing. Again, she is horrific as a potential candidate she will be gone from the debate stage probably right after super tuesday uh because she will not be a factor any longer she simply just does not have the numbers she does not have the chops but on this issue on this day going after mike bloomberg liz warren was savage and then bound by being muzzled by you and you could release them from that immediately because understand this is not just a question of the mayor's character this is also a question about electability we are not going to beat donald trump with a man who has who knows how many non-disclosure agreements and the drip, drip, drip of stories of women saying they have been harassed and discriminated against. That's not what we do as Democrats. That was a nuclear bomb on the debate stage last night. Like I said, cannibalism on live television. Normally, I, I did see once a special, and it wasn't the National Geographic Channel, Particularly, particularly, but it was one of those, uh, you know, nature type channels, and they did, a few, uh, you know, some some uh, in depth documentary on tribes in various places that actually have and continue to cannibalize. It's part of their culture. It's really crazy. But we saw it on on NBC last night. Now to to another point. Elizabeth Warren just talked about electability. It would be impossible to elect this man with all of these non-disclosure agreements and all of these other stories and the drip, drip, drip throughout the, can- uh, the campaign rather against Donald Trump. There is no way that um, uh, that he's that he is going to be electable because of this. Bloomberg had a line like that himself, and that is against Bernie Sanders. And and this, my friends, is the glory of this this entire democratic primary season the two front runners 
Bernie Sanders number one and Mike Bloomberg, who became a secondary front runner or the second place guy by spending four hundred million dollars in ads already on television, on radio, within video games. You can't escape him. He hadn't been to a debate before last night, but he spent his way into the good graces of Democrat voters, and his poll numbers put him right behind Bernie Sanders. So he's the second-place guy right now. So the top two guys are arguing with one another that neither one of them can beat Donald Trump. And guess what? They're both right. I don't think there's any chance of uh, the senator beating President Trump. You don't start out by saying, uh, I've got 160 million people. I'm going to take away the insurance plan that they love. That's just not a ways that you go and start building the coalition that the Sanders uh, camp thinks that they can do. I don't think there's any chance whatsoever. And if he goes and is the candidate, we will have Donald Trump for another four years. So Sanders can't beat Trump, says Bloomberg. Bloomberg can't beat Trump, says Sanders, and says Warren. What could possibly unite this group of, uh, as I I call them, you know, usually it's referred to as a pool of candidates. I call it the cesspool of candidates. What could possibly unite these people with one another? Well, apparently... If you criticize communism, that can unite them. Because listen to the backlash after Bloomberg does indeed remind the world that Bernie Sanders is a communist. I can't think of a ways that would make it easier for Donald Trump to get reelected than listening to this conversation. <laughs> it's ridiculous. We're not going to throw out capitalism. We tried that. Other countries tried that. It was called communism and it just didn't work. Oh. Oh, they could not get in fast enough to defend Bernie Sanders, who called that a cheap shot. Why, Bernie? Wear your label with pride, sir. Bernie Sanders on that stage last night declared, we are going to change America. Not improve America, as President Trump did with his slogan, let's make America great again. Returning America to its time of prosperity, return America to its time of being the model uh, for the rest of the world to follow, return America to its military strength so that we can indeed encourage peace through that strength, Uh, improve America, make America great again, keep America great. No, Bernie Sanders' uh, philosophy on that stage last night, he he, he put it into words. He said, we're going to change America. Why? Would somebody who wants to lead this country want to change it into something else? Bernie Sanders is not a Democrat. Bernie Sanders admits he is an independent who caucuses with the Democrats. He has to run as a Democrat to get his votes, but he's not a real Democrat. He shouldn't be on that stage anyway. But Bernie Sanders rather is a socialist. He tries to use the modifier Democratic in front of socialism, which is pointless and meaningless. And if you truly study economic theory, if you truly study economic models, if you truly study economic history, you will know that socialism and communism are virtually synonymous. Yes, there are minute differences in terms of, of, of property and in terms of uh, government control and, and, and distribution, but largely they are synonymous with one another. And Mike Bloomberg pointed it out. We tried to get rid of capitalism around the world, and guess what? When it was overtaken by communism, it failed. 
He's right, and he's right to point it out that that is what we are facing here. So last night, in, in the, the big picture, I'm sorry, small picture rather, was just let's gang up and beat down uh, Mike Bloomberg. And that is exactly what they did, and it was a glorious thing to see. Yeah, that hurt. Ah, that hurt. What the hell? Yeah, ah, it feels so good, does it? Ah, no. Ah, huh? Oh, 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 you freaking psychopath! Yeah, clean yourself up. Biden, Bernie, Warren, Buttigieg, all of them, Klobuchar—they all took their pound of flesh from Mike Bloomberg. That's small picture, but big picture is that they all essentially proved one another to be unelectable. And if you don't believe me, a conservative talk show host, listen to liberals in the media. CNN, MSNBC, NBC, all over the place, last night and this morning, they have all described last night's winner of the Democrat debate as being Donald Trump because they absolutely torched themselves last night. I told you it was a glorious morning, didn't I? 22 minutes after 9, we'll take a quick time out. Come right back. We're loaded up. Bob Paduchik, um, uh, uh, Ohio Republican Party chairman, going to be joining us. Uh, he's coming up at about, uh, not Ohio Republican Party, with the uh, Trump campaign, rather. He's coming up at about uh, 935. Dr. Everett Piper is going to review the debate and analyze it, along with a few other issues, at 1010 this morning. And at 1035, my friend Jim Simpson and the National Director of the Remembrance Project, Maria Espinosa, will be joining us. Uh, coming up at 1035. Stay right here on AM 1420 The Answer. Well, we're supposed to be hearing music right now, but of course, when I need it to fire, it doesn't fire. I say fire. That's about the best music I can think of that happened last night. It was a fight. And at the end of the day, Mike Bloomberg looked like Rocky did after the first fight with Clubber Lang. <laughs> the question is, is will he be around for the rematch? Rocky made it to a rematch. Not really sure that, uh, that Mike Bloomberg is going to be able to do that. Yeah, that hurt. Oh, that hurt. What the hell? Yeah, it feels so good, does it? No. Oh, 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 you freaking psychopath! Yeah, clean yourself up. <laughs> oh, you gotta love it. Some people call it, I call it cannibalism. Some people call it a circular firing squad. I think that was another one that was uh, pretty appropriate. Last night, they just devoured themselves. So, I ask you this. In all seriousness, I ask you one question. After watching them last night, you look at Buttigieg, who had a personal fight with Klobuchar that was ugly, that was nasty. Klobuchar would not even shake his hand at the end of it. He, Pete Buttigieg, the Mr. Moderate, is being described by CBS as a sophomore trying to be class president and elitist. Listen to this one. Well, um, I know Senator Klobuchar, Leslie, was your candidate favorite <laughs> from the start, sort of a dark horse candidate that you right. thought could actually perhaps make a strong showing. What did you make of what you saw from her? Tonight? In many ways, she pushed back. This was an issue that we talked about, particularly about Buttigieg last time. Mm -hmm. I had said he, he comes across as arrogant. 
people push back on that. It comes across, and this is interesting, we heard in New Hampshire as elitist. And this, and here's why. He sounds like he's someone who's a sophomore trying to be class president. He's, and, and, and by that, I mean, it sounds as if he's very arrogant. He always has the right answer. And she makes that point. We're not all you, Pete. Not only that, he doesn't all right, ever so, have really. Um, stop, I know Senator Clover. I, I, not only that, Pete doesn't really have the answers. Pete has canned responses to every issue, but never addresses the issue. He's very, very polished. He's very, very Manchurian-like, and he's becoming exposed. He is being exposed. What about the front run- runner? How about this? Bernie Sanders, still the front runner on all the national polling, according to, again, leftist, this time Donnie Deutsch, uh, on uh, uh, Morning Joe, doesn't have a chance to be Joe, is anybody, Jim beside, Benda, hi. Sorry, is yeah. anybody panicked Go besides ahead. me in that it does look like Sanders is rolling and that two-thirds of this country thinks we're going in the right direction and you have a guy who wants to burn it down? To me, he I just don't see him having any shot. In a general election, I'm- he doesn't have any shot. Bernie Sanders doesn't. Pete Buttigieg is being expo- exposed. What about Bloomberg, Willie Guys? Well, thank you very much. I take that as a compliment, Dr. Pacheco. Um, they, you know, the gloves were on for the first several debates. That was one of the criticisms of this field, is that it had been too polite. That all changed in the first 30 seconds of the debate last night, as we just showed. We talked to, uh, yesterday at this time about Mayor Bloomberg, that he was the first time up on the stage, on a debate stage with this group. How would he respond? Respond. They tore the skin off him yesterday, uh, yeah. last night in Las Vegas. So- they tore the skin off of him, and that's before uh, campaign Trump has even gotten a first shot at him. Can you imagine when that happens? And one more, and I know we got to get to news, but one more. Van Jones over on over on CNN. He had what did extensive you see the people. Listen, uh, this was a disaster uh, for Bloomberg. Uh, Blo- Bloomberg went in as the Titanic. Billion dollar machine Titanic. Titanic meet iceberg Elizabeth Warren. She <laughs> took him to task in a way that I've never seen in a debate. She so looked, Bloomberg she took a- is the Titanic, which means he's sinking. Warren is the iceberg. She will melt. There is nothing left. Are you really going to run Mayor Pete or Amy Klobuchar or Sleepy Joe or Communist Bernie? Or Titanic Bloomberg, they are done. We're going to talk more about it coming up with Bob Paduchik after the news. AM 1420, The Answer. Nine thirty-six. Now we continue. AM 1420, The Answer. A glorious morning after a wonderful debate. Wasn't it just delectable? You know, it's kind of funny. I actually... Um, Facebook commented last night uh, that watching the Democrat debate is like preparing for uh, uh, doing the prep work for a, for a, a morning colonoscopy the next day. You ever have to drink that stuff? It is so disgusting. You ha- it's a really it's more painful than the actual procedure if you've ever gone through that. If you're the right age, uh, that's what it's like watching because that's what I do. I have to watch it in order to do the the procedure the next day the the procedure is the show i got to do the show today so last night i had to prepare for it and i had to watch this debate and i predicted it would be like that it's just disgusting it's hard to do it's really really painful to do but it's just one of those you know things you got you got to deal deal with right i was wrong 
because it was enjoyable. I just did. I knew. I knew Bloomberg was going to take shots, and I knew they weren't really going to come hard for him. They were jealous of him. They were furious that he bought his way into the top tier, the second place position behind Bernie Sanders, rather than debating in Iowa, rather than debating in New Hampshire, rather than being on the on the ballot in those places. He just got to slide right in there, and you knew they were going to come for their pound of flesh. But my goodness, I did not expect it to be like that. I think. Um, uh, Hugh Hewitt said it best. He was quoting somebody in the New York Times this morning describing this, uh, saying that um, chum in, a, uh, in, in, in uh, the waters uh, surrounded by great white sharks gets treated better than Bloomberg did by the rest of the Democrats on that stage last night. I think that's the best line. I don't know who wrote it, but he quoted somebody in the New York Times on that. Uh, let's get more reaction now from senior uh, Trump campaign advisor Bob Paduchik joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. Robert, good to talk to you this morning. How are you? Bob's great to be with you this morning, and uh, I tell you, uh, that debate last night was watching the series finale for Breaking Bad. It was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was pretty amazing. It really was. I called it cannibalism to start the show. I'm sitting here just searching for metaphors. I talked cannibalism. Some called it a circular firing squad, which I thought was interesting. I, like I said, I'm, 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 it's just, it was, it's just usually very painful to watch these things because most of them just, you know, they sit up there and they lie about Donald Trump. But instead, uh, they turned their, you know, they set their sights on their own, which they have to do, obviously, in order for one of them to win the nomination. Uh, who came out last night? Outside of President Trump, which I think is the obvious answer, Bob, who came out last right. night with the least amount of damage done to them, and we'll call that the winner of the Democrat debate. Well, you know, in in a lot of ways, I look at how Elizabeth Warren sort of, uh, I mean, she just gutted Bloomberg, I mean, right there on stage. And uh, I think that, you know, based on the audience reaction and things, I, I think in a lot of ways she came out pretty solid. I mean, Biden was sort of, sort of not there there and uh uh i tell you if if i had to pick somebody i i would say that i thought that that warren got the best shots in and i thought she looked a little magnanimous when she was talking about positively about klobuchar and uh but she was really tough i mean she was she was really tough on um on bloomberg look i think at the end of the day uh you know with a debate like that, if you look at, I don't know that it's changing any much other than, you know, taking Bloomberg down. We'll, we'll see if it has an impact on any of the numbers or anything and depends yeah. on how many people watch that debate. But boy, man, he, 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 he took it bad. You know, it's interesting. I don't disagree. I called Warren a savage earlier on, just in the way she approached this. She really did go after the go to go for the throat here and uh, on Bloomberg. But when you say that she really took him down, I, I wonder if it's more that he took him down. All of the stuff that Bloomberg brought up, that that Biden brought up, that uh, um, uh, that Bernie brought up about Bloomberg had kind of already been vetted in the press, uh, you know, in conservative press anyway, and I guess in some other places too. But um, it, we all know about the NDAs. We all knew about uh, some of the things he had right. said. We all know he's taken heat for stop and frisk, previous comments, uh, the farmers, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, Bloomberg's own words are really his biggest undoing here. It just took somebody to point it out. Right, and I think she did it in a, in, in a very uh, effective way in, in and I, I, it makes me think that had she, um, you know, previous debates that were such snooze fest, if we'd have seen that Elizabeth Warren earlier on, I think she might be doing a little bit better in the polls than she is right now. That's a, that's a good point. Let me ask you about Bernie. Um, uh, Bob, we're talking to Bob Paduchik. He's a senior advisor to the Trump campaign here in Ohio uh, and, uh, and nationally. And, Bob, 
Bernie is is far and away the front runner in terms of national polling. A Marist poll on Monday indicated he had thirty one percent. The next closest was Bloomberg at nineteen. Then yesterday, I believe it was, uh, we saw the um, NBC and Wall Street Journal poll showed again him right. with a double digit lead over Biden. Um, so, so Bernie is is the standard barrier. And and one thing that happened on the debate stage in which Mike Bloomberg uh, fight fought back and fired back was he said, "Look, we've tried to get rid of uh, capitalism around the world." It never works. It's called communism. And they jumped at the, oh, they bristled that somebody would dare call Bernie Sanders a communist. But the truth of the matter is that's what the brand will be when you call yourself a socialist. Do you think the Democrats will allow this guy to be their nominee? Well, look, I think they're they're definitely going to take every opportunity they can to steal it from him, uh, much the same way that they cheated him in 2016. Uh, in, in a certain way, you sort of feel sorry for the guy because the establishment is really, really coming at him. And it's not just, you know, the superdelegates um, in, in the Democrat Party, but it's people in the media. He just gets treated differently. And, you know, as, as a Trump guy, you, you see some of the same uh, bias that comes out against the president comes out against Bernie Sanders. Uh, uh, but make no mistake, I mean, uh, many, you know, the reason so many people on the stage bristled that uh, at Bloomberg's comment comment about communism is that many of those are uh, people are supporting this, some of the same policies that Bernie Sanders is. So, so whoever the nominee comes out of the Democratic Party is is going to have to have to you know answer to that. Is there a real moderate on that stage? I know I asked you who you think kind of came out as the winner again, other than President Trump, and you said Warren had a strong night. Okay, I'll give you that. I still don't think she's uh, the likely nominee. I don't think she's anywhere close. I don't think she has anywhere near the appeal that she would need to. So is there a real moderate on that stage, regardless of the performance last night, that you think can appeal to moderate Democrats or or, uh, fight against the far-left fringe that really supports somebody like Bernie? Sadly, Bob, I mean, I I just don't think there there is. I I mean, the Democratic Party, and, and we've talked about this, I think, in the past, it has changed so much that that John F. Kennedy would be a Republican today. And, you know, my mom for many years was a Democrat. And it just, you know, she left the party a decade ago because the party left her. And the party has left so many working men and women in Northeast Ohio in particular. They don't recognize the Democrat Party of today as the Democrat Party that they grew up with uh, or that their parents voted in. Bob Paduchik is our guest. He's a senior uh, Trump campaign advisor. Um, Bob, what's the president's best strategy here? Obviously, he did uh, a great job of taking some of the attention. I don't know if I, I wonder if in hindsight he would rethink this, um, because it was so damaging to the Democrats, that debate. You know, normally he holds these, um, uh, these events, these rallies of his, uh, at a time to take attention away from Democrat, uh, events like debates. Uh, he did it in New Hampshire to quote unquote shake them up and all of these kinds of things. Uh, but, um, is the strategy here, should the strategy here to be on the attack against all of these people, or should he just let them do what they're doing, cannibalize themselves, and kind of stay out of it? Well, well, what you see at the rallies and uh, what you'll continue to see at the rallies is the president talking about uh, a very positive message for the future of America. Talks about the promises made, promises kept, and, and, and what he's done for this economy, what he's done for us on trade, what he's done to defend working men and women in this country. And you juxtapose that with what the Democrats are talking about. And there's no vision there. 
There's no positive message there. And the president keeps delivering that message. You know, we're making America great again. Let's keep America great. And, and he has an agenda. And I think that has to be there because it juxtaposed with what the Democrats are not providing. And that is any kind of a positive message. I mean, they're, 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 they're talking down America like America is a problem, like our country is, is a problem. And they're just so disassociated with reality here, particularly in places like Ohio. Well, you know, you, you mentioned they're talking down America. You're so right. And again, I'll go back to Bernie, who I think is still the front runner here. Uh, and any hope that I think Bloomberg had of becoming that maybe was wiped out last night as he was just exposed in so many ways. Um, so let's talk about Bernie, who said last night what he has said in other places. We are going to change America, not improve America, not embrace what makes America great already and keep it great, as the president's tagline is. And I'm not suggesting they should try to steal his tagline, but to change America means we don't like America for what it is and we want to change it. Um, That message can't be something that the Democrat Party wants to rally around, and it certainly can't be something that middle America, that flyover America, uh, that, that, you know, uh, American patriots who are proud of that flag and proud of that country that they want to be a part of. Changing America indicates there's something wrong with her. Absolutely. And and that's fundamentally the problem with, uh, with Democrats running for president, is they see everything in their mind that is wrong with America, which many of those things are the things that are, are, are right about America. I, I honestly, I, I think, Bob, I think anything for your listeners is what I'd say. You know, independents, Republicans, and disaffected Democrats out there, there's a place for you in Donald J. Trump's coalition. Uh, he's doing more for working men and women. He's re- have record low unemployment for Hispanics, African Americans. And we're reaching out to people that, that the Democrat Party has left behind. Uh, working men and women, uh, union members that, that, that can't understand a Democrat party that wants to take away their health care package that they negotiated and bargained, uh, in good faith to get and deserve in every way, shape, or form. Uh, they're gonna, you know, there's a president that is fighting for you that wants to make sure your wages go up and they have. He wants to make sure they continue to go up for lower and middle class Americans. And we've seen the results of those economic policies. And uh, uh, there's a home for you. Uh, leave the socialists, the communists that are running in the Democrat Party and, and come vote and, and support uh, Donald Trump. Bob Paduchik is our guest. He's a senior campaign advisor to President Trump. Um, one quick question on what has been, I think, President Trump's most remarkable success in three years of opposition from some in his own party and certainly of obstruction from the democrat party investigating him and trying to stop him from actually achieving uh results it's the economy uh the growth in the economy is remarkable the record lows in unemployment for all demographics across the country uh every Every boat in this incredible rising tide has indeed been lifted, uh, as the president likes to say. And I'm wondering, you know, obviously, if this lasts for the next eight months, I mean, it's just going to be something to hammer home to tell America, are you way better than you were four years ago? The answer is yes, let's keep this thing going. But what about the coronavirus? 
Uh, Bob, are, is is Team Trump worried because all economists are saying this is going to have a very, very negative effect on spending? Uh, there are, you know, for everything from airlines uh, to uh, cruise lines. Uh, I mean, we're talking hundreds of millions and maybe into the billions of dollars of money lost because people are afraid to go and do things they would ordinarily do, spend money on things they would ordinarily spend. That's going to have a negative impact on the economy. How does the president plan and, and his team plan to work around that as far as messaging? Well, I don't think they look at this in the terms of politics. I mean, this is clearly a health crisis that that uh, is is having a greater impact, obviously, in China than other places. In many ways, it becomes a national security issue as opposed to, to an economics issue. I think, you know... In don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say yeah, that the, right. the politics of it is more important than the health. I, the, don't no, get me wrong. No, no, no. I just mean that no, economists I, yeah. are saying this is right. going to have an impact on our economy this year. And if the economy starts to shrink a little bit or or jobs are start to be lost because, uh, you know, companies have to lay people off while there's no business due right. to this health crisis. I'm just wondering how the president staves off the, uh, you know, the the Democrats uh, jumping on that and saying, look at this, the economy is shrinking. There is right, a reason why we're going to have a problem here this summer that's i guess that's my point so so here's what i'd say you know i had one class in economics at the university of akron so i'm 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 on thin ice here a little bit but 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 i would just point out there were a lot of economists that said that the president's tough stance on china Mm -hmm. and his his aggressive actions towards not just bad trade situation but currency manipulation and ip uh threat intellectual property theft by the chinese that that tough stance would dent the American economy, and, and clearly it hasn't. I, I think the economy is resilient because American working men and women are, are the best on the planet, and, and we are so strong, particularly among small businesses, that um, I, I, you know, in many ways I think the economy it, it can weather just about anything. So okay. uh, not that this thing is, is, is uh, not serious. I mean, clearly it is. But uh, in terms of, of the impact on the economy, again, you know, we had heard all kinds of doom and gloom about the economy uh, to the point where a lot of experts were trying to talk it down into a recession, and, 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 and none of that has had an impact. Oh, yeah. So, they, oh, yeah so, there's no doubt that, that the president's enemies in particular predicting a recession right. is trying to make it a self-fulfilling prophecy. And, and that, that, that's a little bit of a different issue, though. I'm just worried about, like I said, I saw a report yesterday uh, about the various businesses are going to be affected if people stop going to places they would ordinarily go uh, right. you know, because of fear of the health concerns. Because uh, the, there is a trickle-down effect, of course, or a ripple effect, or a domino effect is maybe a better way of saying right, that right. If, if they don't have these things suppliers to those things they lose etc cetera, etc cetera. so i'm just worried Correct. i'm just worried about if there is an economic issue this this particular year going into november that uh, everybody recognizes and that team trump is ready to make sure that everybody knows it's not a result of policies it's not a result or of uh, of anything that we are doing it is simply a matter of that health crisis that we all have to deal with so uh, yeah that, I, 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 I i would i, I would say this I know that that uh, the White House is very serious about dealing with these issues, and, and there's so many different balls in the air uh, in terms of you know challenges to the U.S. economy, and and they've met every one of them head on. I mean, it, it's one of the things that doesn't get reported in the mainstream media when you think about everything that's going on in all the different arenas that this president is operating in and succeeding in. Uh, I think that, um, that 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 we're in good hands. 
I would agree with that. Big win for the president last night. All he had to do was talk to his uh, legions of supporters in Arizona while the Democrats ate themselves in uh, in Nevada. It was a wonderful thing to see. Bob Paduchik working hard for Team Trump as a senior advisor for the Trump campaign. Bob, thanks very much for your analysis. Appreciate it, sir. We'll talk to you again. Thanks, Bob. Take care. You got it. 9.53. We're late getting out, so let's do it so we can come back in on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 958, we continue. Short segment here, obviously, as we uh, continue to um, kind of pick at the scabs that were torn open last night on the Democrat debate stage. The Democrats are panicking. I've already played a Democrat media, of course, as well, and that is a little bit redundant. Um, I played you Donnie Deutsch. I played you Willie Geist. I played you Van Jones. They are all very terrified that... um, the Democrats literally are destroying themselves. They will have no one left to beat Donald Trump. Bloomberg was destroyed last night. He was the Titanic. Um, uh, Bernie Sanders was destroyed by Bloomberg as he called him what he is and said the American people will never support um, a uh, a communist and will never support communism. So Sanders had somebody on the debate stage, not on Team Trump, remind everybody what socialist really is. So Sanders took a lot of shots last night. Warren scored a lot of points, but is terrible as a candidate. Klobuchar is almost invisible. She had a fight with Pete Buttigieg. Pete Buttigieg came off looking smarmy and elitist. It didn't work well for him. Nobody had a good night last night except for Donald Trump. Donald Trump had himself a pretty good night last night, and he wasn't in Nevada. He was in Arizona, and it made it a lot better. The DNC is going to take it away from Bernie again, and that's okay, because we don't care who the hell it is. We're going to win. We're going to win. We have to. (laughs) You don't care who the hell it is. I hear he's getting pounded tonight. You know he's in a debate. Talking about Bloomberg. pounding him. We will make America proud again. We will make... America safe again, and we will make America great again. Oh, the president having a good time at a rally that just had thousands and thousands of people in an overflow crowd outside. Uh, the aerial shots of, of, of Team Trump's fan base are simply incredible. And the thing that you have to think about as you watch the Democrats struggle to try to gain relevance uh, with the majority of America, is that every time the president holds a rally, it doesn't matter what part of the country it is, the same result. If it's in New England, if it's in Florida, if it's in the Midwest in Ohio, he's done, done them in Michigan, he's done them up, up in Minnesota, he's done them out in, in the West in Arizona, everywhere he goes, thousands and thousands and thousands of people come out. Democrats struggle to fill up a, uh, you know, a city hall to hold a, or a VFW hall to hold a town hall meeting. It is simply incredible to see the support for this president and to watch the Democrats in their moments of desperation. All right, quick time out here, top of the hour news on the flip. Dr. Everett Piper back with us. He'll analyze what he saw last night and more about American culture coming up. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.